This is Straight Fire with Jason McIntyre. What's up, Straight Fire fam? It's me, Jason McIntyre. Straight Fire for Wednesday, August 11th. Hard Knocks! Oh, I know you guys all watched it. I don't know if all y'all watched it. I, you know, it was cool like, I don't know, what, 10, 15 years ago? And it just feels like it's the same deal over and over. It's just like, oh, C.D. Lamb's kind of interesting. Like, okay. And I'm excited for football, and it's good to see fans back. And then, like, what other takeaways do you have? And I'm like, uh, not really anything. Um, I, I just don't. I, I liked it. Um, I'm bullish on the Cowboys. And our guest today, Albert Breer, you know him, SI, formerly NFL Network. He's worked everywhere. I've known him for a while. Like, I would say when I go to the Super Bowl and I'm, like, doing, like, media, whatever, on Radio Row or whatever, and there's, like, a handful of reporters who I will see and, like, do more than just the, hey, what's up, man, with the knuckle bump. Breer, Rappaport, those are, like, two of the guys. I've just known them for a while. They've been fans of the big lead for a long time. Uh, Danny Cannell, one of my guys. I I like Danny Cannell a lot. Good dude. Um, and, and there's a handful of others, but Breer's just a solid all-around guy. And I think you guys are going to like what he has to say, especially if you're a Cowboys fan. Um, a couple of house-cleaning items. This is a bit of a shocker. In the NBA, Dennis Schroeder is leaving the Lakers and going to the Boston Celtics? I, I couldn't believe it. I was stunned when I saw this. Now, I'm on a text chain with two guys who used to be at the big lead, and um, one of them was like, oh, yeah, Dennis Schroeder Celtics could happen. I was like, what? I had not, you know, like, listen, after the first couple days of NBA free agency, I'm like, all right, moving on. Um, And Schroeder went to Boston. I I was stunned. He's going on a one-year deal. It looked, what is it, uh, $9 million? This is a guy who rejected, rejected a colossal offer from the Lakers because he thought he could make more money. The Lakers offered him four years, 84 mil. Okay, so elementary math says, what is that, $21 million a year? I'm sorry, Dennis Schroeder, one year, 5.9 mil. Cost himself 15 milli. Now, a good agent might say, well, I don't know what went on behind the scenes, but I was just going to say the agent might say, listen, instead of taking the 7 or 10%, I'll take half that because we didn't make it happen. But that does open a can of worms. It's ugly. Now, if you've got an Ari Gold type agent, shout out to Entourage, one of the best shows in HBO's history, um, you can you, you don't screw that up and you're making things happen. By the way, super duper randomly, uh, I ended up watching this week one of my favorite Entourage episodes, first season, second episode. Jessica Alba's in it, and I was you know I interviewed Jessica Alba once, and I was a big fan of her work back in her uh, acting days, and um, it's just a great episode. And Ari pulls. E aside and is like, yo, this is why you should have had him looking at scripts and taking a movie before reviews came out for whatever his first movie review came out. And it was it was a terrible review. And E was like learning lessons on the fly. Like, oh, shoot, we stepped in it. We could screw up. Of course, it's entourage. Everything works out. But Dennis Schroeder, like I know betting on yourself works. I get that. Like, dude, going from 21 mil to six. And having only one year. Now, I know, listen, Schroeder could play well. Um, Kebba Walker's gone in Boston, so there'll be an opportunity. I don't know if he starts, but um, you know he should have an opportunity to play well there. Um, they do have Tatum. Uh, they do have Jalen Brown. They do have Marcus Smart. Uh, it's going to be a solid team. Uh, it's top six. East is strong, but I don't really want to talk about that at all. 
the big news, not in sports, obviously, Tuesday. So I'm just going to lay this out, guys. I'm I'm working from home when uh, Tuesday. I thought I had to go into the office, but I didn't have to. I'm working from home, and I like go in the, to make a tuna sandwich, you know? And I look out the, the window, and I see this huge Mack truck doing like a 15-star turn because it's carrying one of those huge excavating diggers. There's just a ton of construction in our area. And this car, th- this 18-wheeler cannot, it's like a flatbed 18-wheeler, can't make the turn. And I look, and there's like traffic backed up all three ways on the street. And I'm like, ah, oh, what a cluster that is. Jeez. And I just hear the beeping, and it goes on for a while. I, I'm, I don't spend a lot of time looking out the window. And I go about my day. You know, I'm working on this piece for Fox Sports, um, doing some other stuff. All of a sudden, I get a text from the wife. Hey, our neighbor just texted me that your car got hit. And I'm like, what? And I go out to look at my car, and lo and behold, bam, there's just a humongous dent uh, uh, on the uh, on the driver's side um, a door. Just massive dent. I'm like, what the hell? And my first thought was, oh my gosh, it was these construction pricks. I look on the dash on the windshield. Nope, nobody left a message. No, no, no message. Nobody left a note. And I see there's other, I mean, seriously, there's literally four groups of construction people working on like our street, different groups. So these other two guys are like staring at the car like, oh my gosh. And I was like, did you guys see it? And they were like, no. Um, but we saw the vehicle making a turn. It had to be that guy. And that was what our neighbor speculated too. And so instantly I walk around to the other construction guys. Hey, did you guys have the excavator? No, no, no. Up the block. They went up, you know, up there. So I walk up the block, you know, and I was like, wait, 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 wait. Let me go in my house and get ready. Just in case these guys are total assholes. You know, I, I get my, uh, I get my phone and I get my mask and I like, you know, put on a hat and shades. And I was, I was pissed. I kind of needed to calm down. Like you go out to your car, there's a huge dent. You kind of know who did it, but they didn't leave a note. Of course, they had left the site, but there's a number. So I call them and I get the number. I call the guy, the subcontractor, and he's like, wait, they already had an excavator on the site. Let me swing by. So he goes by. These guys are, I guess, such amateurs that they somehow screwed up and needed a bigger excavator, didn't tell the subcontractor, went and got it, and on the way hit my car. I sent the pictures. The guy drove by my car. He's like, oof, geez, sorry, dude. Um, and I had to reach out to the insurance. And listen, it's, this is a first world problem. This is nothing. You're probably fast forwarding and being like, dude, get over this woe is me story. But it's just the hassle and the nonsense of going through this crap. It's like a headache I didn't need. You know, I've, I like structure. Like Tuesday, I do this, that, and the other. Oh, and I've got these three action items I got to take care of for the wife. Oh, and I got to finish up this portion of the taxes. I'm doing this, that, hard knocks. I got the interview. We got another interview tomorrow. Like you, you've got like a schedule and then boom, you get hit with this crap and you got to get on the phone with the insurance company for 30 minutes. And then that's when like the wife is like, ooh, we're guessing what kind of car you're going to get. And you know me, you guys know me. I talked about it on the radio show. The Millionaire Next Door is the book that really had an impact on me when I was younger. Live Below Your Means. Don't buy new cars, always buy used. My car's 13 years old, 13. It's been paid off for a long time. Don't have a car payment, it feels good. And you know, my wife's with her relatives and she says, they all think you're gonna get a Tesla. And I was like, no, 
I would love a Tesla, but we're renters. Ain't no way in hell I'm going to go be like a schlub and sit at the local grocery store while my car charges in the morning or at night. I know dads that do that. They said it sucks. You got to get the charging station at your house. Guess what? We're renting. I'm not adding a charging station to this place. Hell no. And now I've gone on way too long and you guys don't care. But I'm just saying, ah, it's my life. This is the stuff I've got to deal with. All right. Coming up next, you guys are going to love him. Albert Breer, Sports Illustrated's great NFL columnist, breaking down the biggest stories in the NFL. Here we go. You know a guy. Jason likes to think he knows everything when it comes to sports. I know what sports fans want. But for everything he doesn't, he knows a guy who does. Let's just say I know a guy who knows a guy who knows another guy. All right, let's welcome in Albert Breer. Uh, I've known this guy for a while. He covers the league for, he's covered the league for everywhere. So he's got sources out the wazoo. I read his stuff this week on the Rams. I'm bullish on the Rams. Uh, you came out west last week. We were not able to catch up, but uh, close. Albert, close. how are we, you, we, man? We made that. We made an effort. We, we did make an effort. Thanks, yes, son. but you're a busy man, man. Yeah. You're in high demand. Yeah. How many places you working for now? You, you, you got a bunch. radio, yeah. TV, I mean, SI, writing. Boston. I mean, goodness. I'm on. Yeah. I'm on your. I'm on with your guys at Fox with Cowherd. So yeah, I've yeah. Got a bunch of different balls in the air. One of the best in the business. Um, all right, let's just dive right in. First of all, how was it getting back out on the road last year? I don't think anybody was able to cover anything, right? Yeah, it was great. I mean, I, I, I've said this to a few people, and I think this really kind of encapsulates it. And I think this goes for everybody, not just people who are in our business. Um, you know, I think over the last year and a half, we all learned to be really efficient through our phones, through doing meetings mm. over Zoom. And um, you know, the fact that we can do this right now, Jason, is probably at the level of the quality that we can do it now is probably in part because we have, we've adapted so well. But um, you know, one thing the last couple of weeks on the road and being with 14 different teams uh, really reminded me is like the, the, the face-to-face interaction, that's irreplaceable. It's priceless, oh, yeah. you know? And so getting to see people face-to-face again was huge. And, um, you know, it's always a good trip because it's one of those things where it's like tough to book and all that. But once you actually get out there in the road, it's great. Yeah, yeah. Um, let's start. First of all, we're recording this before Hard Knocks debuts tonight, yep. uh, Tuesday night. And I got to ask, like, where are you on optimism for the Cowboys uh, this year? Uh, hard knocks, it feels yeah. like, and there's, I don't have hard numbers to back this up. It feels like every team that goes on there just sputters and doesn't really do anything <laughs> and make the playoffs. Yeah, I actually think, like, so to me, like, they're one of these teams that has a lot of variables. There's a high ceiling, but a lot of variables. So I think you have to start asking the questions. Is Micah Parson ready? Um, to make an yeah. impact on defense and 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 maybe add something to their pass rush because he can do so many different things well. Um, can they keep Demarcus Lawrence healthy? What's their corner situation? How does <laughs> Kelvin Joseph come along as a rookie? Does um, Trayvon Diggs take the next step? And then on offense, there's the obvious, right? Now, we know they got all the flashy things there, but can Zach Martin and, and, and Tyron Smith stay healthy? Because the identity yeah. of that team for so long has been the offensive line. And so... I just think you look up and down at that roster and you can really make a case like this should be a 12 or a 13 win team, but they have to hit a lot of those things. You know what I mean? Like, so they're one of these teams that has so many variables. I remember last year, the buzzword was continuity because of the weird off season. Like the Cowboys still kind of bring back everybody right on offense. Now the defense is a bit of a dumpster fire with Quinn coming in, but I mean, I think you could make the case like in when, what I think is kind of a down NFC um, I think they've got a shot here to honestly get to the Super Bowl. I feel embarrassing yeah. that out loud. When you look at like the division, 
And yeah, that's where it's going. I think it's going to be more competitive. Like the Giants have loaded up a little bit, and Washington was a good team last year. And I think Ron Rivera has at least stabilized that franchise. But, I, you know, I think of the four teams in the NFC East, they've got the highest ceiling. No I'm doubt. I'm not even sure it's that so, arguable. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, like, and that doesn't mean they're going to be the best team. But if you just look at, like, how good could I envision this team being, the Cowboys are probably the one team that you can see. Like, that team there's like a reasonable path to 12 or 13 wins for that. Yeah. Um, now uh, let's stay in the division. Um, I, we, I've been reluctant to talk about Deshaun Watson on this pod a lot. Yeah. Um, and I know staying in the division doesn't make sense, but, um, <laughs> staying in the you state. know, staying Jalen hurts is kind of, Jalen hurts is struggling, yeah. uh, in Philly. And, um, you know, Deshaun Watson, not traveling with the team. We saw the tweet from what's his name? Uh, McCain saying Watson yeah. will never play it down again. And you just look around and the Eagles have ammo to trade for Watson. Yeah. I know he's got the legal stuff. Um, is it premature to think that something could happen before so, this calendar year ends? Let me give you like the landscape here. Um, you know, Nick Casario, the first-year general manager of the Texans, um, every indication I've got is he's resolved not to take a discount. He doesn't want his first major move as the GM of the Texans to be right. to trade away Deshaun Watson for 50 cents of the dollar. Because imagine J-Mac in a month, like, there's a settlement, and then he's back on the field a month after that. Like how horrible that looks if he took a disc, took, takes a discount, yeah. right? And that's not minimizing the other because obviously the legal case that's the most yes. serious stuff here. Right. So I don't want to like sound like I'm being callous about it, but that's sort of the way you have to approach it. And if you're another team, can you give up a historic ret- return? Can you give up a historic haul of draft picks, players, mm-hmm. whatever, to do that right now? Considering this is still ongoing, and so to me like this sort of rises to the level of being an ownership decision. Okay. And I think there are two teams that would probably get ownership sign off on it. And that's Carolina and Philly. I think those two teams, you can envision a scenario where those two would be able to get their ownership to sign off on doing something while this is still ongoing. And I think even then it would probably have to be a bunch of conditional picks and that sort of stuff that are like connected to his ongoing legal situation. Miami's another that I'd sort of you know, had my eye on. And then Denver, to me, Denver's like Carolina in that both those teams really like Justin Fields before the draft. But because of how tumultuous the quarterback situation has been across the league, basically didn't want to sell out for a rookie right now. And Carolina and Denver are sort of sitting there in a spot where they're like, we are okay with what we have right now, but we've left our options open. So if Deshaun Watson if the price is where we need it to be, maybe we do that. Or next off off season, if Russell Wilson or, um, you know, or uh, Aaron Rodgers are available, we can mm-hmm. go and do something like that. And so, right. um, yeah, I, I would say those four teams are the teams. The, the thing is, I think you're going to have to rise to, um, you know, you have to rise to giving a, 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 a market price for Deshaun Watson. Right. And given the fact but the legal situation is still ongoing. And when you bring him in, he is immediately going to become the face of your franchise. I think it's a tough sell for some teams. Uh, So Carolina has Tepper, right? The billionaire young dude, uh, hedge fund guy, like a private equity. Like those guys love to take risks and they assess risk. Uh, Lurie's kind of different, right? He's kind of an, isn't he an older money guy? I think he's in his 60s. They have a lot. Like the Philly's got so much history of taking chances on guys. You know what I mean? Like, Mm. I mean, it goes back. I mean, Mike Vick's the most obvious one, but there are other examples. They brought in Terrell Owens in a really, really weird. Now, this is like a. You could even say Carson Wentz was a risk. Well, could you not? I mean, yeah. I mean, mean, they they traded up to get him? Yeah. I mean, they've, they've taken risk after risk. And I do, 
I do think the one like piece of the, the one nuance to this whole thing is both Jeffrey Lurie and David Tepper, the two owners we're talking about. I, I think are relatively obsessed with getting the quarterback position, right? Oh, God, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like to the point where it was like, sort of I, like, I think for Tepper, it's been since he, he bought the team, but he's a little bit more involved now that he's got his feet wet as an owner. And for Lurie, I think it connects to the fact that they traded away Carson Wentz, who he had been all in on. You know, and that was so, his guy, right? Uh, yeah. So let I me think, ask about Lurie. So wait, um, do you think, given his recent year where every media outlet beat him up for being meddling and screwing around with the drafts and you know being all in on Carson Wentz and all that and it messing up, do you think he'd be more reluctant to take a chance or doubling oh, I mean, down? Because like, I like I'm not saying, but see, I don't. I'm not saying he'd meddle. I'm saying I think he'd give the green light. So if Howie wanted to do it, right? Like if Howie Roseman wanted to do this, yeah. like I think he'd give him the green light. And the, th- the thing about it is, think about it for Howie. If he brings in Deshaun, you know, like after going through everything they went through a coaching change, kind of gives him a new lease on life. You know yes, what I mean? It like, so it's yeah. like you at least got to let that play out a little bit. And so mm. the way I look at it, you know, I, again, like, it'd be an enormous risk to do it right now. Cause I mean, like there's so much, I mean, here's the thing, like if there's a settlement, right? Like four months down the line, who's to say there's not there, there more could come out. You know what I mean? Like this just, right. Yeah. No, I, mean, I, could. I mean, so you really have to feel comfortable with it. And, and I, and I, I, I would assume that these teams, I don't know this, but I would assume that any team that's considering looking at Watson probably has their security people on it already. Yeah. Um, but it's complicated like that. And yeah, like, and it's even more complicated because I think the Texans are showing right now, like, look, we're not like just going to get rid of this guy to get rid of this guy. We're not going to just trade him to trade him. Like we need to do what's right for the team long-term like, and, and what's right for the team long-term when you've got a 25 year old franchise quarterback who's under contract for the next five years <laughs> is to get every single piece of capital you possibly can yeah. for him unless you can somehow figure out a way to keep him, which I think the, the ship's completely sailed on that. Yeah, I don't have the numbers, but I think I saw 18 women came out and defended him and say, yeah. oh, I've given him massages, no problem. And there's like 21 who are like, no, this guy's shady. And then there's two with the criminal. And that's so, why I have, that's why, J-Mac, J- that's why I have such a hard, I, I, I can't. I don't, yeah, it's, I, it's not fair to him to have a take on this because. Yeah, like, no, I'm before not that, Before this, take, he was yeah. a model citizen. It's also not fair to, to, to be on the other side of it, it's not fair to the 22 yeah. women to, to act like this is just some sort of like, you know, <laughs> entanglement towards making right, a trade. Right. You can't treat it that and, way. And don't forget know? the NFL investigation. We don't know what they're going to turn up. But yeah. now I got to say, historically, they've been all over the place. Right. Um, hard on some guys and light on others. I don't know where, yeah. I, I have no, I have no idea what that is. But And that, that's the thing is, like, I do think, so, I mean, first of all, like, I, you know, I, like I, we're so impatient about this stuff, and oh, of fact, fact, yeah. fact of the matter is, the legal system doesn't work on the NFL's timeline. You know what I mean? Like, Unfortunately, they don't. Not. They, don't, yeah, they yeah. don't care. And so, and and again, like in fairness to the women involved, in fairness to Deshaun, like I think it's, I think it's unfair to have any sort of like take on this one. Yeah, um, I'm in agreement. But I, do, but I do think, but I do think, like the NFL, if you look at their history. I think it's unlikely Deshaun's not suspended for this, even if there's a settlement, even yeah. if this is adjudicated um, relatively shortly. I, my, my guess would be 
like you'd probably be looking baseline and maybe it winds up being more than this, but baseline like a Roethlisberger suspension. How long was I his? I believe was six games and it was knocked down to four on certain conditions. So if he met certain conditions, then it got reduced down to four. Okay. Uh, I, I, I was thinking six, but you're right. I mean, four could easily be, we, yeah, we don't that, know. I mean, that's like, no that, I, that's like best case scenario. I, you know, obviously if, minimum for if there's Watson, some right. level of guilt here, I mean, cause he's already, I think you can already, like we can already, the one thing we can presume right now is that like, is what it was with Roethlisberger was, it wasn't that he was guilty of anything. It was you put yourself in a bad position, therefore you put the league in a bad position. You made yourself look bad, therefore you made the league look bad. And I, I think, like, at the very least, you can probably say that Deshaun's done that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, now, whether or not he's guilty, we'll see. That'll be decided in court. Mm -hmm. But I think at the very least, you can probably make that argument. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. All right, so two other quarterback, uh, I don't know if controversies yet, debates, but Trey Lance taking many more snaps all of a sudden this week in San Francisco. You touched on that. And then your Patriots, not your team, yep. but your backyard. Yep. Um, Mac Jones getting way more snaps than I thought. First team reps. Like, mm -hmm. I don't I mean, Albert. I, I, I can't imagine that the Patriots would start Mac Jones, a rookie in the opener against Flores. We saw what Flores' D did last year to Herbert. He had one of his worst games. But I definitely think we're going to be seeing some Mac Jones at some point this year. Let's start with San Francisco. Um, okay. You know, I don't think you I don't think you can look at this binary. Like it's not, I think, just Lance or Garoppolo. Um yeah, I think we could see some combination of them, you know. Talking to Kyle Shanahan, I, like I think he's like mulling. Like, could I go week to week? Now I don't know if that would work. Oh, but I mean, it'd be a fun, it'd be a fun thing to cover. Um, you know, so like I, 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 I think like Kyle is thinking outside the box on this a little bit. Doesn't mean he won't pick one and roll with them. But you know, if Jimmy's a starter, I think we're going to see some of Trey. The next question, of course, would be if Trey's a starter, is Jimmy gone? And I, at this point, like they've ridden it out for so long with Jimmy at this point. And I just don't they, like one thing, one point someone there made to me was, well, if we do that, aren't we the same position we've been the last few years where if you lose your starter, then all of a sudden a championship team isn't a championship team right. anymore. And remember they went through 18 and 20 paying for their lack of quarterback depth. Right. Are you comfortable with Nate Sudfeld? like piloting oh. a championship level roster. So that's why I think both guys are on the team this year. Um, yeah, as for new England, everything about bill, everything in bill's history tells you like he'll play it safe here and he'll start with cam. And if he has to go to Mac, he'll go to Mac. Uh, I think Mac has an opportunity because in the spring, all you can do is put yourself in position to compete. That's the, that's like, the basic rule there is like, mm -hmm. you can't win a job in the spring. You can just create a competition in the summer. Mac check that box. And then when you get to the summer, I, I, my experience has always been watch the reps, watch who's playing with the ones who's playing behind the first offensive line. And then we've gradually seen more of that. And to me, there was a practice last week. It was pouring rain and Mac hadn't played well the week before. And all of a sudden Mac Jones's reps went through the roof that day. It was coming off of a bad day. Right. So bad day. It's raining. And like, to me, it's like, you look at like something like that. Bill's philosophy has always been that those sorts of spots, like when it's inclement weather out, like some coaches will go in the bubble. Bill's like, no, 
that's no, opportunity. Right. Like that's yeah. a good chance to test my guys. And so the fact that he wanted to see more of Mac in that environment tells me he's at least toying with the idea of keeping Mac yeah. or, or I just, starting Mac. And and this is unlike the Niners too. Like I think if Mac's the starter, Cam might not be on the team. Wow. What? Why not? Because the team loves. Him, I'm just right? not he's, sure. Like they love Cam. Like they love Cam as a player, as a person, everything else. Does he fit as the backup? Or would you rather have Brian Hoyer there, who at the very least, like you know, can be a resource to your so, starter? Wow. So spin it I just forward. think it's something you have to consider. I don't know. I don't know. Right. No, no, no. That's but, fair. But, but Cam's never been a backup in his life. You no, know what I mean? of course and not. That's a so, but where would he go? Is there, would he go to the Houston Texans? I don't know. It's a good question. Nick, I don't know who their backup year. is because, you know, Tyrod and I don't know who their backup is. Tyrod back- and Davis Mills. The quarterback oh, come on, get game. the hell out. Well, they're tanking, right? I Davis, mean, obviously. Davis Mills got talent. He couldn't stay healthy in college, had that issue. Only started like seven games. He does, like, look it up. Yeah, I'm it was serious. like a five-star recruit. Yeah, I, like know, a five-star I know, recruit. I know. Right, he had like right, five right. injuries all, all on his knee or whatever. All that, Wait, yeah. so then the other team is the Lions. They're the one of the worst teams in the league. Yep. Um, I, I don't think they're going to. I think I, I think they got golf, right? I mean, they're, they're yeah. not going to add Cam. No, I mean, I think they're I think they're locked in with Goff, and this is obviously a retooling year for them. So, I mean, I I don't know where to go, man. Like that's the thing. Who's is, two like, is backup? Who's two? It's is hard. Backup? You know, here's here's what's hard. Like I think with Cam, like I think it's a little like Jay Cutler, where teams I don't think teams could really envision Jay Cutler as a backup. You know what I mean? Like I just thought I think think there was like just, and that's not that Jay's a bad guy people argue no. about that all the time cam is definitely not a bad guy but there are just certain quarterbacks where when they're done as a starter it's just hard so, for them to find yeah. work because like teams just don't have it in their head that this guy can be in the sh- like kind of in the background week to week and a, and a resource yeah. for the starter and all that different stuff yeah i mean cam was a superstar he was an right. mvp of the league it's he's not going to be holding yeah. a clipboard so to me like like if, if cam weren't on the patriots like I would like look for an injury somewhere. Like maybe that would be where he would wind up going. You and then know? he surfaces somewhere. Yeah. Okay. Um, and then, uh, you know, the, the, the Trey Lance Garoppolo thing, I want to ask this. Let's just say hypothetically, and the 49ers have, if, if they can ever stay healthy, they're loaded. Um, let's just say hypothetically, they get to the playoffs and they get back to the Super Bowl. Jimmy yeah. Garoppolo is a starter, but with some spot packages from Trey Lance. Like, is there a world where they do not move on from Garoppolo? After this like, year, you mean? Yeah, like if they win the Super Bowl or get to the Super Bowl and Garoppolo is playing well, like <laughs> I don't think that's out of the realm. That's Al, a great Albert, problem. That'd be an awesome problem. Awesome problem. Are you talking, yes. talking about like a champagne problem Because then his there? trade value is through the roof. Yeah, I mean, I, I still think Trey Lance is the quarterback in 2022 there regardless, and Jimmy Garoppolo is probably somewhere else. That would be my guess. He's going into a contract year, so this actually sets up where, um, you know, Jimmy after this year will have one year left on his deal. And if you're Jimmy, are you doing an extension with the Niners? And then if you're not the Niners and he doesn't do an extension with you, you're looking at and you're saying, okay, like I'd either have one more year with Jimmy or we can just move forward with Trey Lance, who we know is going to be our quarterback long-term. That'd be my, my guess would be like almost regardless, like absent, like Jimmy becoming the best quarterback in the league. It's probably Trey Lance in 2022 regardless. And that's what's weird. Yesterday on the pod, I went through a bunch of teams, and I'm like, who would you rather have, Jimmy Garoppolo or this starter here? Um, You know, I would say Garoppolo is a top 20 quarterback in the league. Yeah. I I personally like him a lot. Uh, How about this? I I think like like the Niners like him. Like the problem – so there are a couple problems with him. 
<laughs> number one, he freelances a bunch, like, and I think a little bit too much for their liking, right? Oh. And number two, that's led to injury in some cases. Mm. And so, like, if you can't keep him healthy, and remember, his injury history goes back to New England. He got hurt there too, right. and his like little, you know, like it's his four game sample there. Um, you know, if you like, yeah, I just think that there's. It's not that they don't really like Jimmy as a player. It's that there are certain areas where they feel like they could be better. Here's the other thing too. And I talked to Kyle a little bit about this. Look at who he lost to in the Super Bowl. Like that experience of being up like that and coaching your ass off. And then one guy coming in and making it all not matter. Right. Mm. In Super Bowl, um, in Super Bowl 51, was it 51? 51 Brady and against, past. against Brady and Brady comes yeah. back from 28 to th- down, down 28 to three. And then in Super Bowl 54, against Patrick Mahomes. Yeah. In both those games, he held a lead. In both those games, it quickly evaporated because one guy. And so I think that's part of the mentality now for for Kyle and for John Lynch and for all the other guys there is like, we need to raise the ceiling a little bit on quarterback. And Trey Lance gives them the opportunity to do it. It's like the same concept. Actually, it's the exact same concept as like what the Rams did, where the Rams had a perfectly good starter, but like looked around and said to yeah. themselves, you know what? We need to find another level at the position. Um, uh, man, this Colts team but with the injuries, uh, Carson Wentz, mm-hmm. Quinton Nelson, um, Snake bit. I don't know. Is, is Jimmy Garoppolo, a potential Colts quarterback, not this year, obviously next year. And the other one I would ask is the Pittsburgh Steelers with big yeah. Ben took a $5 million pay cut. I'd be surprised um, if you if he wound up on the Colts. The Colts actually had like an opportunity, um, or at least like there were there were very very preliminary discussions at one point between the Niners and Colts. Like I, I don't think the Colts would be in on that. Um, my guess would be Pittsburgh could make some sense um, down the line, and so yeah, I mean I think after this year the Steelers' options are sort of open. Um, you know, I mean, would they, you know, get in the running for Aaron Rodgers a year from now? Maybe they would, <laughs> right? Like, if you think about it, like, Jeez, like I forgot like, about that guy. I mean, that's the <laughs> thing is, like, like after this year, there are going to be some spots that could open up a little bit. And so there are teams like that where you're not thinking about them for like an Aaron Rodgers or a Russell Wilson or any of these guys that might be available after this mm-hmm. year where a year from now things could open up in those places. Um, all right, so we'll wrap up with uh, gambling and a fantasy question. Okay. And then, of course, you know, I know you pick your Super Bowl teams for SI, but um, I, I need I need to give you – I need leans out of you at all least right. at this point. Okay. So we'll go – first of all, fantasy. Any player that you think could pop as a potential, like, oh, my gosh, this guy's going to blow up. I'm trying to think, like, Justin C- Jefferson last year was an CD absolute Lamb. monster. CD Lamb? CD Lamb. Um so wow. one of the big things in Mike productive as a rookie, even with a really yes. messed up Crappy quarterback point. situation, yeah. messed up offensive line situation there. Um, and like, I like they believe he's going to be a superstar. And so like looking at him, like he's just Mike McCarthy really emphasizes being able to play all three receiver positions. Like he wants to be able to move his guys around. And as a rookie, that's really hard to do. So like CD was sort of like, a little static as a rookie, but now the year under his belt, 
they feel more free to move him around, which I think is going to be huge for him in McCarthy's offense. So I take CD Lamb. Cooper Cooper's kind of banged up too, isn't he? He's always a little nicked up. Yeah, Cooper's banged up, and I think like I think over time, like Lamb winds up being a better player than Cooper. So okay. I think over over time, like Lamb winds up being the number one there. Um, as Super Bowl leans at this point, I know it's early. I'm not going to hold you to so, it. So I mean, I could be I could go really boring and go Chiefs Packers, which is yes, like it. like probably what I would pick right now. Um. If you want me to, if you want me to kind of like throw a couple curveballs per conference, I, yeah, the just Rams, one curveball. The, Ram, per- the Rams, the Rams are like they feel really good about where their roster is. Stafford, I mean, like I wouldn't be surprised if he's the MVP of the league. So oh like my. the Rams would sort of be the one that I'd be like kind of toying with on the NFC side as far as putting them in there. And then on the AFC side. I'm scared to say Cleveland. I'm, but oh, yeah, so many a lot of people going like right them, now. Yeah. There's so many things that are going right there right now. Uh, like Cleveland would be the one, like in the old days of SI, do you remember like sometimes there would be like the, the like out of left field Super Bowl pick? Like in your mind, you're, you're, I think you're a little older than me, but around my age, yeah. like I remember the NFL preview issue. Like, like every couple of years, there'd be like just the wild card. In fact, I think yeah. one year it was the Browns. If you can look Probably. this up, I think SI picked the Browns to go to the Super Bowl in Belichick's last year there. Was that Dr. Z back in I the day? I think so, yeah. I think okay. the I think SI picked the Browns to be in the Super Bowl in 95, which wound up being their last year in Cleveland. So Cleveland would be like kind of my curveball. Wow. So Packers, Oof. Chiefs, conventional, conventional, Rams, Browns, a little weird. Okay, and then I need a team that didn't make the playoffs last year that is going to make it this year in each conference. And you are allowed to pick the Jets. Okay. Well, I'm not going to pick the Jets, although I really like what Salah's oh, done there. Oh, I love I, I, I really admit do. It, admit I do like, I do like You like Salah. every team you've been to and read about and talked to, right? I haven't been to the you... Jets yet. I haven't even okay. been there yet. Um, so in the NFC, uh, give me the Cowboys. I just think they're too okay. talented. I think they're going to bounce back. Um, I know that's not the most ambitious pick, but I would hmm. definitely say um, I would definitely say I think that they're they're going to be a better team this year. And with seven teams getting in from each conference, they make sense to me as one that would make it the AFC Chargers. Oh, um, okay. yeah, I really like Brandon Staley. You know, like I liked him as a head coaching candidate. I like the job he's doing there. I think Herbert is going to have a. Carson Wentz in 2017, Patrick Mahomes in 2018, sort of like step forward where we're like, whoa, like this guy might be a top five quarterback already. Really? You're that that bullish? Yeah. I mean, I I think myself included, a lot of people miss some stuff on Justin Herbert coming out. Like, and that's nothing against Joe Burrow, who deserved to be the number one pick, but I mean, man, like I, I think if if you if everybody knew what they know now, like that would have been much more of a debate, Burrow versus Herbert. But here, wait, I guess on on Herbert, I'll ask like, yeah, he put up great numbers, historically good stuff. But didn't they get a new head coach? Didn't yep. they get is same offensive coordinator or a new one? New one, new one, new and, offensive but, but, coordinator, but, but, but new think, head coach. But I think that that can also play to your advantage if you're smart about J-Mac. Is it a, is it a new it's system? They, don't, or know, they, just they gonna... don't know what you're doing. Like they don't know what you're going to be throwing at them. And on a week to week basis, I think that they can be flexible. And you look at the talent of that offense, right? And this is another piece of it, right? Lost Hunter Wentz, Henry though. Wentz had talent around him. Mahomes had talent around him. Herbert's throwing to Mike Williams, Keenan Allen, Jared Cook has Austin Eckler behind him, and they added Rashawn Slater, 
and mm. Corey Lindsley to the offensive Lindsley, line. Yeah. It's a good group. Oh, actually, that is interesting. Now, Cook is a fossil, and I'm still pissed at him for the fumble <laughs> in the. Uh, but in I'm the telling you, like game. you go out there, they're like a basketball team. Like you look at Mike Williams and 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 Keenan Allen and Jared Cook. Mm. It's like a basketball team out there. Big dude. Okay. All right, Albert Breer, SI. Good stuff, Albert. As usual. Hey, congrats on all the success, man, and uh, looking forward to all your stuff the rest of this the summer. All right, thanks, Jim Mac.